It's on. And there we go. Episode number 30 of the old covert show. Crack it open a nice ice cold Mountain Dew Spark and waited a day to uh, get some big news for the podcast that we'll talk about later on in the show. But right now it is good to be here. Good to get episode number 30 going. Also working on some guests for football season. So a lot going on with the show. But before we get into any of that, we're talking about the MLB And we'll start with the new format. MLB playoffs are changing. This happened earlier in the year, but as we uh, get closer to the postseason, it is worth noting that there will be six teams in the playoffs now uh, instead of ten. So here's how this works. You have your three division winners in the AL, three division winners in the NL, now three wild card teams in both the AL and NL. The one and two seeds are going to get a bye. They'll be automatically to the uh, ALDS. And uh, so you'll have that. And then after that, the four and five seeds and the three and six seeds are uh, going to be uh, tangling for a three-game series. So the wild card is no longer the one-and-done thing that it could be. It's now a best-of-three series, which is – Pretty interesting. And it makes for the season down the stretch to make a big difference because winning your division versus not winning your division is now huge. And two versus three is just now even bigger because three has to play in the wild card round. So that's a look at that. And uh, with that in mind, the standings of this great Major League Baseball with the Blue Jays winning as I record this Thursday night. Blue Jays pick up a W, knocking off the Tigers. Kikuchi picks up a win. He comes back uh, from a minor league stint. Hadn't pitched well before, quite frankly. Uh, But he comes in and gets the win against Detroit. Uh, Romano picks up the uh, save. Blue Jays win 5-3, but out hit the Tigers 10-4. And with that, the rest of the league, games that have gone final, the Yankees continue to win, surprising exactly nobody. They're now uh, 67-33. You can say they're getting it done. Blue Jays are 55-44. and 44. Uh, We'll talk about the rest of the division coming up. Uh, scores as of the time of this recording. Phillies have knocked off the Pirates 8-7. Uh, Reds and Marlins play a doozy that ends up being a 7-6 win for the Marlins. They score three in the top of the ninth. To take the lead, the Reds score one and do not get enough. Orioles knock off the Rays. Here comes Baltimore. They're above 500 now. And as surprising as it is to say, is an actual contender now? So that's a thing. Uh, scores at the type of this time of this recording. Bottom eight, Mariners and Astros tied two. We'll update these as we go. Bottom five, Dodgers are up all over the Rockies. It's 11 to nothing in the fifth. Uh, bottom three, 
Rangers and Angels tied at Zippo. Bottom three, Cubs and Giants are also tied at Zippo, but the Giants have the corners, so that's likely to change. So before we uh, really dive into the standings, because I'm a Blue Jays fan, always have been, always will be, something fun happened right out of the All-Star break. First game back out of the All-Star break, 28-5 beatdown of the Bow Sox. It's capped off, I guess you want to say capped off, I don't know, however you want to put it. Rymel Tapia hits a grand slam inside the park home run. Now, when you watch the replay of this, it's hit, he thinks he's flown out to center. The center fielder plays it so badly, it's it basically hits the bottom of the wall out in center. And, uh, you know, Tapia's got speed, and the ball was hit far enough behind him, he couldn't get back to it as uh, the uh, Blue Jays got a grand slam there. The Blue Jays, with the 28 runs, also came within spitting distance of the all-time run record, uh, which was 30. Uh, Looking at the stats from this game, every Blue Jays starter had at least two hits. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. tied Frank Catalanato's franchise record with six hits. Danny Jansen homered twice in the game with six runs. Chapman, Teoscar Hernandez added solo bombs. And the Blue Jays broke their own record. Their previous best was 24 runs against the Orioles on June 26, 1976. And they are, uh, well, they're due if they did better than that. Uh, the 28 runs are the most the Bo Sox have ever given up, interestingly enough. And that was a record set in 1923 when they got clobbered by Cleveland, 27-3. Granted, most of those runs came in the first five, six innings. But also, interesting, fun side note, there was a wedding proposal on the video board. And, uh, yeah, the woman answered yes. And it was one of the few times in the game the Boston fans got to cheer Ivaldi was the one that got torched 29 hits for the Blue Jays. And, uh, yeah, they really really did well in this game. Uh, You look at the box score by inning. 1-0 after 1, 2, or 3-0 after 2. 10-0 after 3. 14-3 after 4. Or 14-3 after 4, I should say. Then you go 25-3. 27 4, 27 5, and then Blue Jays get one in the ninth. Had a chance if someone would have hit a home run, but some of the numbers Tapia, seven at bats, two runs, three hits, six RBIs. Vladimir Guerrero, four at bats, two runs, two hits, two RBIs, and a walk. Collins had a couple of at bats. Kirk, six at bats, two runs, three hits, and a walk. Bo Bichette, five at-bats, three runs, three hits, two RBIs. Kevin Biggio came in and got a hit and a run scored as well. Teoscar Hernandez, four at-bats, four runs, three hits, two RBIs, and a walk. Bradley Zimmer, a couple of at-bats. And then you get to the bottom of this lineup and some crazy stat lines, starting with Lourdes Gurriel Jr., 
Seven at-bats, three runs, six hits, and five RBIs. Matt Chapman, six at-bats, three hits, three runs, four RBIs. Santiago Espinal, six at-bats, four runs, two hits, an RBI. And Danny Jansen, six at-bats, four runs, three hits, six RBIs. But how about that night from Gurriel? Seven at-bats. Six hits, five RBIs, and three runs. Doesn't get much better than that. Pitching-wise, Gosman went five innings, gave up uh, seven hits, three runs, struck out ten. Beasley came in for three innings, gave up three hits, two runs, and her uh, five strikeouts. And then Bonda came in for the last inning. Red Sox went through seven pitchers, and none threw more than three innings. Ivaldi was the highest. I should say none even got to three innings. Ivaldi was the highest. He went two and two-thirds. And every other pitcher was less than that. Blue Jays also sweep the series. So that was fun. 4-1 and 8-4 winners. So they combined for 40 runs in three games while giving up just 10. Blue Jays this year have lost... Three times in the first 12, uh, 13 games, I should say. So you look at the series, they've won now six of seven uh, in the series. So that was going well. Uh, John Schneider, since he's taken over, is uh, really, I mean, the Blue Jays have played well. You know, you don't know if it's any, uh, you know, you have to think the managerial change had something to do with it. Uh, since coming back from the All-Star break, they've now won uh, five of six. Knocked off the Bosox in a sweep, split with the Cardinals, and beat Detroit. But you go back even further than that, they've now won eight of nine. And I believe ten of twelve, if you want to go back to the Phillies series. That was after getting swept by the Mariners on the road. And they had played not spectacular to that point. They had uh, dropped 9 of 10 in there, losing to the Mariners consecutively, losing 3 of 4 to the Rays, and losing 2 of 3 to the Athletics. And that brings us to the up-to-date standings. That's the time of this recording. And here you go. AL East. The team that's led all the way through and will have to absolutely rock tumble down a hill to even. A lot's going to have to go wrong for the Yankees for them probably not to win the division. There's still a lot of baseball to be played, but being the realist I am, <laughs> 67 and 33. They have an 11 and a half game lead over my Jays, who are 55 and 44. They hold a two game lead over Tampa. Tampa is only three games ahead of Baltimore, and the team in last place by a half a game, the Boston Red Sox. Everybody in the division is 500 or better, and Baltimore's not last. So that's uh, all sorts of interesting things happening there in the Central. The Twins, 52-game winners so far. They don't have a huge lead. And a lot of people, from what I've been seeing, uh, think the Twins might be uh, sputtering a little bit in there as well. Uh, White Sox, three games back. The Guardians... A mere two games back, everyone else in the division is not relevant at this point. Uh, AL West, 
Astros have a 10-game lead. I mean, the Central's the most competitive, but they're you look at the Blue Jays that are 55 and 44. They have a better record than literally every team in the Central. And I'll do you one better. Tampa Bay, 53 and 46. They have a better record than everybody in the AL Central. Anyway, uh, Texas 20 games back. Angels 21 back and the Athletics 27 back of Houston. We'll talk about the uh, conference standings momentarily. National League, the NL West has a huge lead for the Dodgers, 65-32, and 11.5 games over the Padres, 17.5 over the Giants, Diamondbacks 21 or 20.5, Rockies are 21. The Central is a two-team race, and the rest of the teams aren't really relevant to this point. I mean, mathematically, they're in it, but eh. uh, looking at the Central, Brewers 55 and 44. They have a three-game lead over the Cardinals, 14 over the Cubs, 15 over the Pirates, and the Reds a dismal 38 and 60, 16 and a half games back. But they're not the worst. They are uh, third to worst. Third to worst. I asked that like a question. Yeah, third to <laughs> third to worst as uh, they're 16 and a half back. NL East, Mets have a three-game lead over the Braves, nine and a half over the Phillies, Marlins 14 and a half, and the Nationals, ouch, City with the worst record in baseball with a record of 34 and 66. Like I said, ouch, City. All right, we'll take a look at wild card now, and this is where the conversation tends to get you know actually interesting blue jays have a two-game lead in the wild card over uh, the rays um so they have a one-game lead over the mariners right now two-game lead over the rays those are the three wild card teams as of now jays rays and mariners guardians are two and a half back of the rays how about this one orioles three back bow Sox, who have been playing quite possibly the worst baseball anyone's seen just in consecutive like series they're only three and a half back white Sox are there too and then you tumble down to the rangers who are nine back and everybody else after that then you go to the nl side how about this lead for the wild card atlanta braves six and a half game leaders in that number one uh, wild card spot Padres, two-and-a-half game lead. The Phillies and Cardinals are tied for uh, that last spot, that last wild-card spot. Then three-and-a-half back to the Giants, five to the Marlins, who are five games under 500, by the way. Diamondbacks, six-and-a-half. Rockies, seven. And then you get to the bottom four. Cubs, 11. Pirates, 12. Reds, 13-and-a-half. And like I said earlier, ouch, City returns. Washington Nationals, 18 and a half games back. You hate to see it. You really do. Uh, looking at the how this would play out. So with the new setup for the postseason, how would this set up for the wild cards? I know you're wondering and dying to know, so here's how it would look. We'll start on the NL because I always start on the AL with my bias. 
Dodgers and Mets would have first-round buys. Okay. Now, because there's ties and all sorts of fun stuff, the Brewers would play either the Phillies, Cardinals. That'll sort itself out probably, and if not, we'll get down the road with that as when when we actually get to a game that's you know a point in the season that this was going to be relevant. But right now, we're just going to say Phillies, Cardinals. Put a slash between them. They'd take on the Brewers in a three-game series. Then Atlanta and San Diego also would tangle. The AL proves to be an interesting matchup, actually. Yankees and Astros say see you in the ALDS. Twins and Tampa. And the Blue Jays go back to take on Seattle, a team. It didn't go bueno the first time. Uh, like I said, they got swept out of the place. Cubs are in a jam, by the way. <laughs> bases loaded against, well, all right, not bases loaded anymore. Base hit, apparently, uh, bottom three. Now the Cubs are down 2 nothing. Texas is up one nothing. Bottom six sees the Dodgers up 11. And top nine, Seattle's last chance are there. Going to drop their fourth straight to uh, the Astros. Double checked out. They just had a three-game set July 22nd through 24th. They dropped them straight. So that's three in a row to Houston. Go back to the first half here. and So Houston, they've dropped three. So, yeah, they're, they're trying not to drop four in a row to Houston on the season, but tough. <laughs> uh, they uh, got swept to start the second half, then smoked Texas. And by smoked, I mean two one-run games and a two-run game in there. Their schedule gets tough looking at the Mariners here while we got them. Houston for four on the road. New York for three on the road. The Angels kind of lighten up a little bit, but then you're back to New York after a four-gamer with the Angels. At Texas, at L.A., and at Oakland to follow that up. Yeah, that's, that's a tough stretch there when you play the Yankees six times in ten days. And then, you know, seven in a row on the road between Houston and New York. Going to see how good they are. That's the one thing, you know, you get out of that sort of thing is you're definitely going to see – how good or how not good of a team you are. So, again, on the brink of being 54 and 46. Barring comeback, the Giants scored again. It's 3 nothing now. So, Cubs fans are <laughs> not off to a flaming hot start by any stretch of the imagination. And with that, we're going to jump into something that it's hard to believe it's here already, but it certainly is. And that's a week from today, so a week from Thursday when I'm recording this, the NFL preseason gets underway. Now, granted, it's the preseason, so, you know, there is a certain amount of who cares. But with it being preseason, you're one 
one uh, step closer to games that actually do matter. Kickoff for those keeping score. The 8th of September, Bills at the Rams, 7.20 p.m. Going to be a lot of excitement for that. Uh, Looking at the teams, my Bears open up at home against the 49ers, September 11th. And Nick's Broncos. And Broncos, we'll get into this when we have Nick back, who's on vacation. Uh, We'll talk about the Broncos' schedule is an interesting one because they don't have very many noon kickoffs this year. They open up against the Seahawks, and for those that are like, wow, that seems like a really random game to have on the Ole Sunday night slate, Russell Wilson, you assume, led Broncos, going to take on the old, uh, old team that he played for and won a Super Bowl with and Russell Wilson, apparently, according to Yahoo Sports, is also the most popular MVP bet. So that's interesting. DK Metcalf also signed an extension with Seattle. Was scrolling through Twitter looking at that, and I found a tweet of his, and I think it was 2018, 2019. It's DK, not DJ. So there you go. Make sure you get that distinction correct. But we'll go back and look at the preseason. And we'll do one weeks one and two because week one is Raiders and Jags Thursday, August 4th at 7 o'clock. And that's it. Then you go to week two. Uh, Giants and Patriots are Thursday, August 11th, as are the Ravens and Titans. Remember, this is preseason. Then August 12th, you get a few more games. Falcons at Detroit, Browns at the Jaguars, as well as Cardinals at the Bengals, Jets at the Eagles, and the Packers at the 49ers. August 13th, Chiefs at the Bears, Colts at the Bills, Panthers at the Commanders, Seahawks at the Steelers, Dolphins at the Buccaneers, and Saints at the Texans. Also, Cowboys and Broncos and Rams and Chargers. Finally, August 14th, Vikings take on the old Raiders, and you know, it goes without saying, but this podcast is going to have basically a round table right before the season starts of division winners and what exactly we uh, think will happen, who's going to win, and we're going to have our weekly pick them. We're going to bring back the Hex Bugs, and you know, we kind of ran out of steam with that last year, but I think we were uh, we're good to keep it going. We got got a different strategy for doing it than uh, we did last year but i'm not doing that for preseason so you're gonna have to hold on and hang out until september you know you know before september 8th because we'll be releasing them staggered so before we were trying to by i was trying to do it the day of that's a lot of posting in one day so you know stagger it out a couple days ahead the exception probably being kickoff day will probably be on kickoff day or like really late Wednesday. Haven't yet decided, but week one matchups, uh, week one and two preseason matchups are right there around the corner and kind of gets me on a different tangent here of 
college football. I didn't even think to look this up before we uh, started, but because it's about that time. That'll be a whole lot of fun there, too. As uh, August 27th, Nebraska will get embarrassed by Northwestern to start out their season. Looking at these matchups, they're always interesting. So August 27th, there's a few. Austin P at Western Kentucky, Idaho at UNLV, Nevada. Nevada, showing my Iowan right there. Nevada is at New Mexico State, Connecticut at Utah State, Wyoming at Illinois, Charlotte at Florida Atlantic, uh, North Texas at UTEP, Miami, or Florida A&M, takes on North Carolina, Vanderbilt and Hawaii. Duquesne takes on Florida State. And like I said, Nebraska takes on Northwestern, 11.30 a.m. They're going to be tailgating before that, and by, you know, 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they'll have their uh, first disappointment. So, uh, interesting note for that is it's going to be uh, played in Ireland. So, that's going to be an interesting international game there. So, hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe they'll be... uh, Something to cheer about for Nebraska, but yeah, played in Dublin, Ireland, so that'll be uh, an interesting one there as uh, all the old football seasons starting up next month, and next month is already basically here as next month starts Monday, so interesting uh, stuff all around there. So, we've talked about MLB, the standings, the playoffs, NFL preseason, threw in some college football, and now we're going to talk about something that RC and Heavy Metal Forever, I'm sure, have seen, (laughs) but it's a metal devastation music festival that has started what they're calling Satanic Panic in the, in small-town Tennessee. This is in Lexington. They're scheduled to host a Metal Devastation Festival, which will take place in early October. It features a lot of different metal genres, if you will. And the TV report for this might be one of the best things I've ever seen because... It it does a good job of pointing out the fact that, you know, heavy metal is not anti-Christian. And there's a lot of people that have that misconception. And so that's something, if you ever have a chance to check it out. I mean, this thing's got comments galore. It's, it, the Facebook post has got comments galore about... You get a petition against it, I'll sign it. There's that quote. It's all evil, filling minds or yeah, filling minds full of corruption. People wonder why there's so many people that disobey the law and run over their parents and America full of hate. That was not that was not well written. Um, but yeah, you get the idea. People that are uh, not so enthused with this. 
And uh, so that's something that's interesting about the whole thing. For those curious, this is at Beach Lake, Lexington, Tennessee. It's a one-day, 12-and-a-half-hour festival. runs 11 to 11.30. So 11 a.m. to 11.30 p.m. It's the Tennessee Metal Devastation Music Festival. And that name, Devastation, also gets comments of basically like, oh, they're planning on destroying something and opening a pit to hell and all this stuff. It's, you know, it's kind of funny to listen to. It's kind of sad, but it is kind of funny uh, to listen to. 13 bands, you know, it's going to have the regular gamut, food vendors, merch vendors, contest prizes. Tickets for this, only 25 bucks. Uh, bring your own chairs and bring your own coolers. So interesting stuff there as well. Excuse me. Some of the bands, Casket Robbery, Spillage, Eyes of Living, Eyes of the Living, pardon me. Red Mountain, trying to, re trying to read this and zoom in. Uh, for those of you know, Death Metal, Death Core, their uh, logos are difficult to read. So that gives you an idea of that. But I had to share that of uh, people will look for any reason to complain about anything and they've done it again. But the people running it obviously are pumped to get it there. We'll see how well it's received. But that again is uh, October 8th in Lexington, Tennessee. It's a Saturday. So there you go. As that's uh, one thing there. Kind of a similar deal of things that people, uh, you know, people doing stupid things. The Monarch Butterfly is apparently in trouble now as well. Uh, you know, the, the, the butterfly that everybody, you know, talks about and is, um, as a kid... You know, that's the butterfly. The migrating monarch butterfly apparently was added to the red list of threatened species and categorized as in danger for the first time or endangered for the first time by the International Union uh, for the Conservation of Nature. That's two steps from extinct in the wild, which I didn't realize it was that low. But uh, nonetheless, you can find ways to. Keep the butterfly around, but an unfortunate one there is it's two steps from extinction. Not something you thought you'd hear today, but nonetheless, there it is. And now it's time for the eternal struggle. As I try to talk into a microphone, since I'm not on a call, I have my phone to record and I've got a light because the lighting in my apartment is atrocious. So <laughs> we're going to shuffle some stuff out of the way here. And uh, there we go. Give you some ASMR or it didn't come through. Either way, I'm going to try to get a stand. 
This would make my life so much easier if it works. All you're going to hear is a bunch of banging and thumping. All right, here we go. I think we I think we got something for this one. Now it's just going to be opening this thing up one-handed. So let's let's do it. What do you say, gang? All right. Drops my phone casually. It's fine. All right, here we go. We're going to we're going to try this. Back the light up just a little bit. There we go. We're cinematic as heck on this podcast. All right, here we go. So we got it on the ultra wide setting. We're gonna try to. I'm actually gonna share mine this week because it might actually be, it might actually be visible, or I'll be, uh, you know, back to square one. But anyway, here we go. Hitting the old record button on the phone. We've got Sword and Shield Brilliant Stars Pokemon Pack. And you're going to get to watch the Eternal Struggle firsthand as I do this left-handed, non-dominant hand. Shout out to Mountain Dew Spark. Keeping us through the old podcast, and we're just going to do one of these. Look at that. Oh. Why is, why? Why is this such a struggle? And now it's stuck on there. Wow, it's got a sweet Charizard on the... Uh, I have to edit this. Mercy. You can see some good old Top Gear in the background. All right, here we go. Sword and Shield, a brilliant stars. Trying to focus on a bunch of stuff all at the same time here. Got to get a better camera setup. That's what I should do, but... Today is not that day. We're going to cut this video down a lot. But you're going to get the you're getting the uh commentary, so there you go. So, there we go. Card code. For those listening to the podcast, I'll read it to you. 2XPNJ7KBLKZ97. One more time. If you're not watching the video, We'll talk to you, talk you through it on the podcast as well. 2XPNJ7KBLKZ97. See you later, code card. Wow, that absolutely launched. All right, so one, two, three. Uh, as I try to absolutely spoil the show, now I can't pick up the cards. All the struggles real. All right. Now they're upside down. Oh. All right. Hopefully all of this eternal struggle is worth it. Hitmon top for 100. Spinning draw and cyclone kick. Oh, I'm really bad holding it one-handed. We got something in this one. Kendler, the trainer. Ultra Ball, and I don't think I did the card trick right either. Wow, we're batting a thousand on this show. Uh, Ultra Ball, we're gonna probably have Nick go solo next week because we gotta go head to head. I have no idea what that thing is. Mill carry, I destroyed the corner on it apparently. Ram for ten. 
Sorry, my immaturity shows there. Shanks with an off for 10. Impidimp. <laughs> Gollet. Oh, oh, cast form. I got Oh, well, you can see it. Uh, cast form. Sweet looking full art. Look at that. That is what it's about. All right. Set that one down nicely. A Motham and a Water Energy, but we did get a, if I can hold it like I know what I'm doing here. Look at that. So there you go. We pulled the full art. So shutting down the old Pokemon camera. But that is a pretty nice looking card, I must say. That is cool. So there you go. We pulled it. It took four minutes, <laughs> at least on the video side. It probably took longer explaining what I was doing and everything on this side. But we did. Excuse me. Get a pull this week. So there we go. And with that, we're going to about wind this thing down. You're listening to podcast number 30 of the Covert Show on Spotify or Podbean. We're still trying to figure out the old uh, Apple podcasts. I don't own any Apple products, so an Apple ID has been a little bit problematic, but we're working on it. Be sure to check us out at the Covert Show on uh, all your main platforms, I struggle not to say Tinder every time, but TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can email us, thecovertshow at gmail.com. And brings me a lot of excitement to talk about this next and final segment. Next week, here on The Covert Show, we're going to be talking to a band out of Ohio, Audience of the Rain, or Audience of Rain. We'll be talking to them next week. Should be a very fun podcast. Uh, we uh, talked about it on this show, but they were there for at Incarceration Fest as well. But there will be a new episode out next week, and we will be talking to our first band on this show, believe it or not. As uh, Like I said, we've been trying more and more to get different guests you know i kind of alluded to it earlier but i'll talk about it again the uh um that going into football season we'll have a lot of guests as well trying to line them up get a guest picker of the week if you will for football we're gonna we're all going head to head we're gonna have that but next week audience of rain it's gonna be a lot of fun uh you know Anytime we can get a guest on, you know, hear what they have to do. They're dropping a new single that's coming out. By the time this is released, it'll be coming out today. Unless I get on top of things here on this Thursday evening. But it'll be coming out on uh, Friday, the 29th of July. And we'll be talking to them uh, coming up next week, which, like I said, will be August. So that's a look at that. And, you know, that'll be a whole lot of fun there. And then, on top of that, come football season. And we did talk about this in the podcast, but I'm going to bring it up again. Breaking out the old hex bugs, or hex bug, if you will. And uh, they're going to be doing pick'ems. Got to figure out how to do it. 
a little bit better than last year, but we're going to be working on it. But with that, that just about winds her up here for episode number 30. Again, JC here with you flying solo. As uh, rumor has it, RC may be making a uh, triumphant return to the podcast. We had him on a few episodes ago talking about uh, the almighty incarceration fest. Again, if you want to see some stuff from that festival, visit the Heavy Metal Forever Facebook page. They do great work there. Lots and lots of videos. You know, we share some here on the Covert Show, but not nearly as many as they do. So check them out. Give them a like. Give them a follow. And uh, tell them the Covert Show sent you on over. And with that, that'll wrap up podcast number 30. Be sure to check out next week. We'll be uh, chatting with Audience of Rain. Again, that band out of Ohio. You can check us out. The Covert Show, any platform. That includes TikTok, Twitter, as well as Instagram and Facebook, The Covert Show. And email us at thecovertshow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This has been episode number 30 of The Covert Show.